Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 119, one week late, but we're back. I'm joined this week by... Omer. There it is. And, and we're going to try something a little bit different this week. So we're going to be try opening up our weekly raids as well as some other discussions to the audience. So if you're joining us live on twitch.tv slash MMOs.com and you want to participate in our discussion, just hop into our Discord channel and wait in uh, the lobby chat. And from there, we will drag you in when time is appropriate. But it should make it a bit more lively. And we encourage anyone who has dissenting opinions or just strong opinions to share it with us. And it should be pretty cool. It might create a fun discussion. But anyway, uh, we'll take it with the weekly raid as usual. And I will throw that in your capable, very capable hands. All right. So this week, I was inspired by EVE Online. Uh, the title is MMOs in 2017. No country for toxic men. And uh, what inspired me was a certain event in EVE. Uh, big political drama. One of the biggest alliances was wracked by an internal betrayal. So a top lieutenant with access to the you know alliance banks and all this basically stole everything. Okay, He stole a trillion dollars of ISK, uh, which if you, do, if you go to those... Um, if you go to those uh, you know, sites you can buy ISK at, you can maybe do the translation. But and he stole the capital Citadel HQ of the Alliance, okay? So this the Alliance got destroyed, yada yada. Now this is a no big deal. This shit like this happens all the time in you know those big battles mm -hmm. and all this stuff. But what followed was a, a chat log by the Alliance leader talking about the lieutenant who betrayed him. I don't know if you guys can see it here, but basically he said this whoever know his real name home address, and other details message me. The judge, which is the guy's name who betrayed him, feel free to use your hands by typing here while you can. <laughs> okay? That's and a very ominous, interesting threat. And of, of course, he was banned. Okay? He was banned by CCP. But it's interesting. By the way, this is obviously a, like a real-life threat, so it's obviously against the rules, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But some people are claiming... Uh, a, a similar incident in 2012 only led to a temp ban. Okay, and look, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell this guy. Like, you gotta sympathize with him a little because he just got everything taken from him that he spent probably years building. Right. So, if this was just a moment of frustration, uh, I don't know. Do you give him a pass, or if he was a continuous, I don't know. Like, what, what do you? How do you feel about this? I think the fact that you told me before there was an example where somebody. Uh, did a threat in EVE Online in the past, mm -hmm. and they got a suspension. Kind of almost sets a precedent for it, but obviously the rules are ever-changing. Uh, it's CCP can set their own rules. Though I think after an event like this, right, and obviously we, I don't know if we have the full chat logs, but I think you get a pass, okay? I, I don't think either of us condone real-life threats, okay? Like, when we talk about toxicity and shit-talking and all that good stuff, right, usually it's words and just, you know, slinging bullshit on the internet, right? But when you, anytime you, you kind of threaten to get someone's address and or cut off, imply you're going to, they're going to lose their hands or something, which is, again, very weird. But anytime you do stuff like that, it, it does cross the boundaries. But I don't I, I sympathize with the guy because he clearly lost thousands of real life dollars worth of items in game by getting betrayed. I say you give him a pass because like unless he shows routine behavior like this, I don't think a guy lashing out like this, he means it. And you give the guy a suspension, obviously. I mean, it, you, even though you got scammed in a pretty hardcore way, I don't think it warrants banning. But again, you don't want to normalize any kind of real-life threats either. I think you do take these on a case-by-case -case basis. Maybe if, if this guy just randomly threatens some dude, like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cut this guy's hands off. Like, there's no context there. He just does it. He's a toxic person, maybe. In that case, I think maybe ban might be more, uh, you know, appropriate. In this case, I say you let him go. Okay. More important than this case, though, okay, because 
with one guy who cares. I think it, it and the way I worded it in the weekly read is, I think this marks the passing of an era in online gaming. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Like I said, in 2012, a very similar situation led to a temp ban. So the severity of punishment has been going up, okay? And it's not, ba- mm-hmm. it's not just an eve. I feel like across gaming and across the internet in general, not just gaming, but anyway, YouTube uh, and stuff, the, the room f- for freedom has really been shrinking. Right? Toxicity, the room for toxicity, or however it's defined, has been shrinking. The punishment is like getting worse. I like how you the word freedom. The room for freedom on the internet is shrinking. You make it sound like it's some, well, some noble cause. All right, continue. As someone who lived through it, and I, and I was saying in the article, you know, we, Omar and I started gaming online with things like StarCraft, Brood War, even before, we actually played before Bird War, uh, Counter-Strike 1.5, Ultima Online. And in these games, if somebody told me uh, during my StarCraft 1 days, right? If someone told me, hey, Blizzard, which makes StarCraft 1, is going to be banning people for using the N-word in game. Or or whatever, faggot or something. I don't know if I can say that, actually. But they're going to... You can say, I give you permission. People are going to be banned for this, okay? In a lobby game where you can just leave or mute the guy, right? I wouldn't have believed you. I, I I would have bet everything that you just that would never have happened. That 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 is not the timeline that we would have went down. Okay, but we are we are in that timeline. You know, and we can talk about it a little later. But in Overwatch, you know, player toxicity is a huge deal. They're banning lots of people. They're trying to make new systems to make it easier to ban you know people who break the rules. So this is obviously a big trend across gaming. You know, Blizzard, yeah. CCP, Riot Games bans people for leaving matches in League of Legends. Right. Yes, but I do want you should. I think you should differentiate your the two arguments here because you're you're saying that uh, there's less room and less freedom for toxicity and insulting people and stuff like that on the internet and in these games they get banned for it and also the mechanics of leaving a game because when you're talking just uh, being toxic and, and just shit talking and maybe dropping end bombs you know being being a dick there's I think that that's quite a dis- distinction from actually doing a mechanical thing by leaving the game and potentially ruining it for other people so. Uh, I don't think they're the same, but I... Hold up. Personally... So Omar makes this distinction, but I feel if, if you're intentionally feeding or, like, uh, throwing, that's that's toxic, too, uh, to the same degree as insulting, because you can... Omar, you, you see... If I, have your, if I have your argument right, you don't mind the swearing and racial slurs no. be, because the, the other player can be blocked, right, or muted. Yes, exactly. Well, if someone is throwing a game or feeding or whatever, you know what you can do? You can... You can close the game and walk away. You know, like so. It's there's a consequence to doing so. If I me blocking somebody or me muting somebody or blacklisting somebody in whether it, whether it's League, whether it's Final Fantasy 14, whether it's WoW, MMORPGs have these features as well. It's a it's a no consequence to me really. It just I just don't see their words anymore. I can keep playing the game. So you know that I, I, there is a distinction there. If I leave the game, I'm essentially I, I'm throw I, I lose I, I lose a game. You know I I. I Fail the mission, you know. If let's say I'm running even a dungeon in WoW or Final Fantasy 14, if if I leave, you know, I, I just wasted my time. I lost my progress. It's different if they're just swearing or being dicks because you can fix that at no consequence to yourself. And I think people do need a bit more thick skin when it comes to that. Well, I, I, again, I don't. I know. Here's the thing: main difference between us. I don't see much of a distinction. I think the person who uh, who claims that you know people should be banned for abuse or or racism. Mm-hmm. They say stuff like, "Listen, if I see this in a game, it ruins my day. Like, it, I, I just, I feel like shit for the rest of the day. I become more toxic because, you know, I gotta type back to them now. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it, it puts me in a mindset where I'm tilted. Equally, the same mental state as if when someone is feeding or something. I'm, I'm in that tilted state either way. So the, the, the 
mechanics might be different, but the result is the same tilted, angry. Uh, but they have player. an option they have in their hands, in the palm of their hands, to instantly fix this problem. And it's called the magical mute feature, which but, is but, people use this in MMORPGs all the time. I, I've muted people in Final Fantasy XIV, I've muted people in WoW, and I'm sure many of you guys have as well. It works really well, but for some reason, and I, I don't think toxicity and this, you know, being mean was ever an issue in MMORPGs because people always had the mute option and they always used it. It becomes an issue in games like Overwatch and, and League and Dota, these lobby-based games, which is weird because, you know, you, you as you were saying, those are like compartmentalized experiences where you have one game and you leave and then, you know, you, you move on. Whereas WoW and FF14 and all these other games are in persistent universes, but it's never, I don't think it was ever really an issue or rather ever a big issue the way it is in MOBAs and, and, and you know, and shooters. Okay. Use the, the tools the game gives you okay. to, so, to address it. Hold up. So Omar, like I was saying earlier, we played StarCraft, we played Counter-Strike, you know, before yep. Steam and we left games, you know, I like, I, if I did bad in a game uh, of Counter-Strike, I would leave, you know, if I felt like playing yeah. something else, I'd leave. I never thought twice about it, but it seems like today I can't leave a game or else like I can risk a ban. Oh, but and, and League does this a lot more than Dota, for example. Like in Dota 2, uh, you can pretty much swear all you want. You can leave games. You can throw games. There's very little punishment, okay? And I, and I know this as someone who's played like thousands of games of Dota 2. And, I, and I've done, I've left when I, you know, I get, I get mad or whatever. So I never got banned, and you've always told me I would get banned in, in uh, League of Legends. In League, yes, you, they are, they're way more strict on that stuff. But you did mention that you would leave in the good old days of Counter-Strike and the good old days of Dota 1. But I would argue that the people you play with, okay, the nine other people in that game, that you will, you know, their game gets fucked up because Whoa, of you. How does it get fucked up? They can still play the game. If you, if you, if you pull all of them, they're going to be like, no, we don't want Erhan or Altai playing with us if, if he can't commit to this game. I think everyone would agree with that before the game begins. The problem was in Dota. Well, what, why, why do I? Why? Why babies? Who cares? Play the game or don't play the game. Those are your options. But here's the thing: within Dota One, even communities formed among, around people that were more serious. There were communities in like Garena, okay, or in uh, Play, play Dota All Stars, well, where listen, play in those if communities. People like you leave their games, you get perma banned from their communities. Okay, like your your account can no longer play Dota One in the in the special TDA games, which were you know just a lobby for more serious players. But here's the difference. When games introduce their own serious lobby, because nobody liked going through this bullshit system to play serious games. Nobody, you had to go download iCup for StarCraft 1. You had to go fucking find yeah. these games in StarCraft, uh, in Counter-Strike, okay. right? Or these leagues to play in, Cal. There was a whole Cal league that you could play by yourself and get your own rankings. These systems existed outside the official support. Mm -hmm. And the moment they come into official support and rules are enforced of like you can't leave that's the whole point i don't point. like that i don't like this that's that's where it goes off for me don't don't play the competitive no. mode that's, no, no, no. that's an easy solution possible i think if you want to leave in quick play in like overwatch for example the game has a great system you can leave and somebody else joins in you're right nobody cares you're right there's no ladder you're right overwatch did a pretty good job with that you can leave in normals but i don't yeah. but i still think you can't leave in but you want to shut on people's experiences ranked that's that's well, that's where we differentiate what if, what where we that's disagree my, that's my fun you know like in eve i want to blow up your fun is to ruin nine people's fun nobody wants yeah. you nobody wants to play with you well in eve online I, I can't kill you in eve and then you know it ruins your fun if your ship gets blown up that that's a literally in-game mechanic. Yours is literally so leaving. Leaving is also an in-game mechanic. There's a, there's a quick game button. No, the game was not designed. Or the game was designed around five v five, six v six, whatever the game is. Right? It's designed around that experience. And I don't think you can design around a especially a ladder around people just leaving. 
You know, you design it, right? They get a loss. They leave. No, you know how you do it? You ban them. That's a design that's worked for years, and it's the policy that every game has been pushing because that's the only way to discourage it. Oh, look, someone in chat just said, someone, he left too much in normals and it warned him. Oh, yes, I, it does that today. But I think you should, there, there should be, you know, I think, would you be satisfied if, let's say, you're playing Dota, you're playing League and, or Counter-Strike, and that there's a normal queue, there's a ranked queue, and there's the Baka, I'm going to leave, lol, lol queue. You can play the Baka, I'm going to leave, lol, lol queue with everybody else who is like-minded, right? And everyone will come and go as they please, right? But the thing is, I don't think you would have fun there. Because oh. the only way you will be happy is if you can play with the people that don't want anybody to leave. You want to go into the rank queues that are people are tryharding, and there you want to leave. Hold up. You don't want to play within we, a rule set we designed gotta, for we, you. First of all, the rule set should be up to the players to make, not the game engine. Like, not, not the, the, okay. what? So, number two. More importantly, we got to step, step back here. Uh, in the weekly video, I mentioned in the old days, it was like the Wild West, okay? Oh, you're typing a storm. It's very loud. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So, oh, the old days, it was like a Wild West, okay? Basically, anything, like you said, anything goes, there's no rules, and it's up to the players to create their own communities. So imagine like the Wild West, right? And you and your, your Care Bear buddies who don't want to leave games, you go to a corner, okay, and you have guns, and you don't let anyone else in unless they're approved. That's fine. That's cool. But it's got to be that open, you know, sandbox. But not every game is designed around that sandbox. What I, is you, the point? You can choose when you play. Are... You can make custom lobbies in League. Right? So can you? And you, you, you go make a custom lobby and say, I, I, I can leave. I don't think you'll ever get in trouble for leaving custom games in League. So they already have the experience you're talking about. It's called custom games. Dota has it as well. I you can be leave. Able, no I punishment. should be able to queue uh, and feed down the middle every lane anytime I want. That's my that's my that's my that's no. my point here. Okay. But, but and, this is so to me. This the, is the so dumbest the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life is it's not fair to other players. It's a game. It's not fair. Don't play. Like, Imagine, imagine, imagine you're going to middle school, and there's one middle schooler who's like six five, and you're playing basketball, and he just dunks every every time. It's not fair. I deal with it. That's life. You know, like, uh, that's not the same. That there are rules around basketball. Being tall is not like, you know, against the rules. Okay. Whereas these games are designed around five v five experiences. These or games are designed to game. be played by people. Yes, right? and and the and, and the people that play these games, they don't want to play with people that you're describing. What well, that no, if, tough if shit. You, if you, if you want to play with them, right, go create your custom queue and play with like-minded people. They don't want to play with you. Okay, they can leave. No, they're going to kick you. Oh, they don't want, oh, no, oh. They're, they're going to ban you or kick you. You oh, can't tell them let, they can leave. Let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Okay, right. give, give me another example. In StarCraft 1, there were custom games, right? So Omar and yeah. I joined a custom game called Protect the Guy, okay? Now, the, game, the way the game worked was one guy was a civilian who couldn't attack, okay? And the rest of us, like six other players, uh, were heroes, like certain units. And there were waves of NPCs attacking, okay? And the goal was to defend the civilian player from the, from mm -hmm. the AI enemies in waves. Omar and I joined this match. And the first thing we did when the game started, when everyone picked their hero, is we turned around and we ally attacked the civilian and we killed him. And the game ends. Everyone loses. Then we rejoined the map, okay? Yep. And we, the game started again. We did the same thing. Then they remade again. We joined again. They banned us because they saw our names. So Omar and I made new accounts on Battle.net within like a minute, okay? We both made new yep. accounts with new emails, and then we joined the game again before it filled, and we did it again. We killed, we killed our own player again, our own teammate. Great times. Good times. Okay. We did this like maybe – we did this for like at least 10 times, okay? And then, and then these guys yeah. were – and honestly, I, and this was so long ago, and I still remember vividly because it was so much fun, okay? It was like – it goes down in like my top 40 gaming fun moments. Top 40. Yeah. You may got to spell that rest out for us later. <laughs> okay, maybe later. But see, the, the mentality that, you know, 
that you, you you couldn't do that today, you know, or else you're 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 denying people the way the game is supposed to be played. No, you could do that all day in the custom game lobby in League or Dota. Nobody's gonna give a shit. But you can't do it in the rank queue. And we we did it in StarCraft One on a on the custom map use map settings list where you had to join a game from a okay. bullshit lobby, and it, it flew. That was always okay. And I think even today, nobody is gonna. I, I don't think you will get in trouble for for pulling out that bullshit in custom games today. In, okay. in League or Dota, custom so games. So, for some reason, you're drawing a distinction between custom or, or like, the games you think should be serious versus things you don't think. I bet there are people out there who take custom... But there was a certain um, type of custom game in StarCraft. Like, it was called Diplomacy and Lord yep. of the Rings maps. I took them very seriously. And, you know, you always have bad players, noobs, trolls, people, leavers. You know, you dealt with it. But I took that more seriously than I took StarCraft 1 ladder or, or, or Dota 2 ladder, Okay. So just because you take one seriously and the other not seriously, it doesn't make it so. Like that guy's that guy's um, desire to play a, a legit game of protect the guy is equally valid to your desire to play a five v five ranked league match. Like, why are you under, why are you like valuing one over the other? No, no. Here's the thing: uh, games they create queues for this kind of stuff. They they added a rank queue for a reason. They want to differentiate the tryhards from the or the serious players, the more casual players. And maybe, maybe if you if you're correct, there should be a queue for people that want to just leave games whenever they want. I don't think if, if there is a demand out there, I think they should meet it. And players like you should feel safe to come and go as they please. And you know, maybe you want to run down the middle, you miss your first last hit, or you get first blood again, and somebody might get first blood on you. You know, maybe then you should just leave, be allowed to leave. It. That that's fine. If people want to play that game, they'll do it. But here's the thing: you you only want this system when it accommodates you. You don't. Like, no, no. But I I want I want I want the game company I want the game to oh, here, here's how I should put it I want the game to be independent of the servers and and the running of the game so think like I said uh, with Counter Strike 1.5 mm -hmm. so Valve made the game but anybody hosted it right some some maps some people had you know um, Nazi ho uh, admins who'd ban you if you swore or whatever right or team killed and some were just free for all servers where anything goes right that's that was my ideal uh, era of gaming. Now, I'm not saying it's better or worse, okay? It's what I felt, it's what I grew up with, and I feel more comfortable in that, in that environment. I mean, I can't, I mean, what you feel comfortable with is up yeah. to you, but, I, but where, we, where we can, I think, agree is a toxicity front in terms of just uh, people talking shit, uh, people, you know, cursing, dropping racial slurs, and, you know, I, I think that kind of stuff, the game, every game has some kind of built-in system for that already, and that stuff, I think we... We as a as gamers, I think we've definitely gotten very um, thin-skinned. Almost people get offended at every you know quick anything happens. People get a, people instantly get a, you know too they, they they cry about bans when they can just when they can just mute them themselves. And I think that works really well. I think a muting feature in games, whether it's MMORPGs, shooters, I think it works really well personally. Uh, so a very common you know uh, I guess comment that I hear is it's just extremely narcissist narcissistic to want to leave. I don't get this. I don't owe these nine randos an hour of my time. If I'm not having fun playing a video game, right? right or I want to watch TV or something, I don't understand why I can't just leave. Like it, it baffles me that people think I owe them my hour if I feel like not playing the game. All right, we have we have we have we have someone that wants to share their opinion. We'll see how All that right, goes. Bring him in. Bring him in. Uh, hi, welcome Hikari to the Immos.com podcast, and I hope you're here to tell Altai that he's wrong. I feel like he needs somebody else to tell him that because apparently he's not listening enough to me. Oh, yeah, they left. We lost them. We and, lost them. They were here for a second. And even even in the in the weekly raid, guys, I kind of I I don't really have a logical reason why I feel this way. It just feels like it just feels like what I grew up with has changed. You know, like 
we're not in the same world anymore. Yeah, I agree. We're not in the same world. I think you made a good point when we talked about this before as well, that, uh, you know, the way games were designed back back in the day, like StarCraft and Counter-Strike, these when you left a game, it was never a big commitment. You know, if somebody left a StarCraft, Hold map, up. most think, of the time, oh, StarCraft was 1v1. Hikarino should be banned because he left. He wrecked. Uh, uh, this is the podcast channel, guys, is the ranked Discord channel, okay? So by, by joining it, okay, he should have committed to an hour-long conversation about this with us. Right, that's not the same thing because you, there's no there's no uh, there's nine like, people he's dragging down. There's two. There's no. There's you and me. Yeah, yeah, sure, but it's not the same thing again. Why is it not the same thing? Listen, if you leave like a multiplayer Tetris game, there's a big like the time involvement is completely different. Whether it's an Overwatch game when there's a rank system in play and games take like 20 minutes, or a game like League or Dota where games take up for 30, 40 minutes. And there's more, you know, time invested over there. So, Somebody just leaves so the middle ten, of a custom StarCraft map or something. Those it, ma- it is less friction. Less the, friction. No, those take hours. Some of them. Those diplomacy maps take hours. See, I think yeah. it's somehow you somehow people are like, oh, it's competitive it's MMR. These internet points at line. So now it's now it's okay to you know. But but when I'm doing when I'm when I'm playing a custom game, I can do whatever I want. But when I'm playing what I want to play, I you got to follow these rules. No, I, look, I do think if you, if there was an audience for competitive diplomacy, whatever weird maps you want to play, yeah, I think you should be. Able, I think you should add stuff like that so people like you can enjoy that. Anyway, we got another person in here. Let's go get Etherville. Welcome to the MOS.com podcast, Etherville. I hope you're here to tell Alta he's wrong. You know what's funny? Do people have talking privileges in this channel? Uh, maybe that might be a problem. Who knows? <laughs> no, no, I think I think that we drag him in here. They're fine. Okay. I'm in. Can everyone hear me properly? Yeah. Yes, we can. And I hope you're here to tell Alta he's wrong because he needs to hear it from more people. All right. Based off of what I've heard so far, I would side more with Remo on his opinion on the games. Uh, fair enough. Any specific points? Well, from what I think, I if I were to summarize it down to its core, I believe it's kind of a basis of expectations on a community combined with what the game designers want. Uh, the community to form into. Yeah, I'll Let, do, it's up to them. Yeah, go ahead. Well, and because of that, as you mentioned, yes, you do have the right to have fun and so choose when to leave a, ga- a game if you're not having fun. And in the se- in the case of EVE Online and many other MMORPGs, or let's take the example of a lot of uh, MMORPGs like Planetside 2, or even some of the Team Deathmatch servers and other FPS games, where you're free to leave and join at any time. That, that's, a, that's where I feel it's okay, because the game was, or at least the community and game designers, game designers intended you for, to go in and out, so it's fine. But for stuff like MOBAs, or at least uh, for the more serious queues, uh, there's an expectation based off of the game developers, and that passes on to the community, that you should stay and not leave, because if you leave, there's nothing to replace the last player, so it diminishes the fun for the other players. I don't know. It's kind of like a balancing of who should of who should be able to have more fun or not. But I understand your point, though. I yeah. think actually, Ethan makes a very good point. We didn't really mention this earlier, too, because I think the the way games have been designed from when the era you're talking about to where we are now, I think is is vastly different. There is there is different expectations from the game designers onto the community, and you can't apply your old beliefs, your old you know philosophy, and what you experience personally 
to the games we have today. They're just not designed the same way. Yeah, you're I correct. Mean, people leaving is a bigger deal. They are not designed that way today. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Onos then on proper design, like for example, in Overwatch normals, like some you guys mentioned, if you leave, mm -hmm. you can be replaced, right? So that's a design decision that kind of uh, fixes, not fixes, but at least bridges this issue of levers. So there are, I, I believe the Onos is on developers uh, to or designers to come up with mechanisms where either they, you know, they somehow promote, uh, they reward you for not leaving rather than just you know, banning you from their game, or they uh, they just some kind of bridging mechanism where maybe a bot takes over that, that does a rudimentary job. I don't know. But the Ono should not be on me where, oh, I'm not having fun, but I have to, I have to stay here for an hour, you know, yeah. grip my teeth. Uh, and I, I might only, if, you know, if you work full time, you, you know, you got to sleep, you got kids, you might only have one or two games in you for like the night. I would like to make one last point on that. Mm -hmm. I, I feel that more competitive, uh, more casual queues should do what you're saying. There should be mm -hmm. more games where there's the onus of actually getting some new players in or relatively good bots so that the other players aren't in a disadvantage or at least design the game around it. Especially in the newer times. Maybe in the past it was a bit fine to have less balanced teams, but at least give the ability for new players to join in already going on matches on casual mode. Sure, maybe punish players who decide to leave early on more serious competitive mode because it's expected or at least said that if it's explicitly said that you're supposed to stay throughout the game and if you leave then it's okay you're punished but for more casual modes or let's say custom modes there should be more ability for you to go in and go out or have some replacements right, and that's what point. I feel and that's what I feel a lot of game designers nowadays especially in MOBAs are kind of failing at yeah, and that's a good point too because you can. I think you, I think you were saying Altai that it's up to the developers to kind of accommodate your viewpoint, right? But what yeah. about what about our viewpoint? Should developers accommodate what we're talking about, where there's a queue, and mm -hmm. very specifically in this, you can even call it the hardcore queue. It's called the rank queue. Mm -hmm. Should they accommodate our viewpoint, where we want to play with a certain group of people that can be dedicated to a game? And okay. even before you queue up, the game tells you that if you leave, okay. you get banned. Like with I, full, like, sh I, should this be, like, okay. is this is this allowable in your view? Okay. And we, we touched on this earlier, IRL, when we were talking. I have no problem with punishment, per se, if it is an in-game mechanism. So, for example, one option was this. Imagine uh, mm -hmm. you leave, okay? You leave a ranked uh, League of Legends match, okay? Like 20 minutes, 10 minutes in, whatever. I'm okay with punishing you not 10 times the MMR loss if you if you leave rather than wait to surrender or, or lose, okay? Because you remember, you wasted nine people's time, right? So I'm okay with mm -hmm. an in-game punishment. But I, when you take it, make, when you make it like a meta punishment by like removing that person from the game, especially if it's like Overwatch where they paid money, or even League if we paid for skins or whatever, like I don't think that's a fair or a, a proper way to design the game where you just remove them rather than using the in-game mechanisms to punish them. So how, what do you say okay, about here, that then? So nine times the loss, ten times the loss. No, but it opens the door to abuse where somebody might take the hit for their team. People always talk about that as an easy solution to fixing this kind of stuff because they can always pressure one guy to take the loss. You know that what, you know what? instead of five people getting what, being what punished what for kind one of, lever, what kind of one beta, lever, what beta cuckold is going to take ten times MMR loss because his friends? It, it, it allows for MMR manipulation as well, where if you're boosting accounts, you know you want to get one account to maybe like a hundred, like some crazy win ratio or something. You know you you can even just leave the game whenever you want. With that that second account or something, it opens the door to abuse. And uh, we have another guy in our general chat. Maybe he wants to chat right. with us as well. Come on, we'll in. bring it in. Thanks to uh, the guy, by the way. Uh, yeah, thank you, yeah, Etherville, for, for sharing your thoughts as well. Yeah. All right, incomplete. I hope you're here to once again tell Alta he's wrong.
assuming um, your mic works. Oh, yeah, yeah, what's up, guys? Hey. Hey, what's up? I think I gotta take I gotta take my stand with our boy, our Lord and Savior Alte. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm 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 an old uh, FAG here, but uh, <laughs> I'm a true believer in like you know you have in-game mechanics to like you know stifle and like stop these like you know t this toxicity, right? Mm -hmm. To me, it's, it's, to me, I, I crack a few laughs at it. I don't mind it, but uh, you know, you got a lot more sensitive people out there in the world, and I just find like, you know, creating these in-game mechanics, you know, and let the player mm -hmm. decide gives gives a lot more gives gives a lot more to like you know your consumer instead of just like, you know, slapping that ban hammer on him. Exactly. Right, what, what about this then? Because I do want to say I, I agree with you 100. I think I do think people have gotten soft, you know, with the with the toxic with in terms of just cursing and insulting, whether it's you know any game really. Because I don't think that kind of stuff is a big deal because you can just you know the game every game has a mechanic to stop that with the muting function. But with what about what about this idea? I mean, this is a compromise maybe. But uh, what if like you're playing League or Dota or something and you're in a lobby and when you join a game, it tells you how many games you've left and maybe. Maybe people can vote before the game begins if they want to play with you or not. Yeah, that's sure. StarCraft used to do that. Like, you know, win, loss, leave, or whatever. But again, why? I still don't understand why you can't accommodate the hardcore players in a ranked queue as well. Because, I, like, you can have, like, why not give them the option? Because clearly you don't, you don't want to play with those people anyway because you want to leave your games, right? And they don't want you to leave. So if you don't want to play with them and they don't want to play I'm with not you, leaving every game. <laughs> I don't. I don't get. What you, I don't get what you're asking, honestly. Or that. I'm asking you why you want the game designers to accommodate uh, with in-game mechanics to mm -hmm. allow you to leave games. That, that's what you're saying. You you want the game to kind of have that kind of well, function built. Wait, in, allow right? me. It's anyone can leave. A, it's allowed right now. They don't like take over your computer. It's the punishment it's we're punished. talking about. It's okay. punished. Yeah, it's punishment. And I, yeah, and like we'd rather see the punishment be a mechanic in the game rather than a meta punishment. Uh, like you can't. It's it's like this. It's like this. Like you can't use internet anymore if you disagree with like. Uh, what the what the government says? What the <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. But, <laughs> like, all right, all right. Just keep uh, it keep it in the game. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, we've been on this topic for a while, and I do want to bring more people into other topics. Uh, maybe when we get to more more related stuff as more PG related stuff, I want to get uh, Grizz Tooth in here as well. But if you have any, anything else to add, incomplete? Um, uh, not at the moment. Maybe uh, all right. maybe a little later. Appreciate right, appreciate, appreciate the support. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right, let me get. Let's. All right, all right, Chris Tooth. Final word on the great MMOs.com toxicity discussion. The score was one-one. What do you think? Uh, hello. I'm actually going to side more with. Wait a second. I can't hear. Uh oh. Oh wait. Yeah, I do hear. Uh, <laughs> I have to side a little bit more with Altai than Omer, but. Uh, in order to really explore this topic, uh, you need to understand how how exactly are gamers approaching their their games these days. Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, these days, uh, it's usually a lot of the games are more competitive mm -hmm. than than before. Before it was just like. Join the game, leave the game, doesn't really matter. Lots of uh, different small games here and there. But now, and there were like a lot more death matches and stuff. 
Nowadays, mm -hmm. everything is basically like a MOBA with everything getting tracked all the time. And uh, you can't really do anything without your team because it's... Like in a deathmatch, you, you could basically carry your team with little to no effort. While in mm -hmm. MOBAs these days, you can't really carry your team as much. So we we are starting to see like a whole shift in the gaming industry towards uh, everyone being competitive, competing with each other, and uh, the the fact that trolls exist that try to throw matches on purpose shows that some people still remember when games were more about being games rather than <laughs> competitions, and they're trying to show it to, to other people by ruining ruining their MMR. And uh, the trolls also need uh, to find like competitive people to actually get the most enjoyment. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And also, I I will say this though, like I don't know if games were never not competitive. Like, um, it's my like you said, everything is tracked now, right? Like every every shot, mm -hmm. every kill, your ratios are all tracked now, right? But that that's not the same as saying they weren't competitive before. It's just that the Competitive people kind of group with competitive people, and the casuals grouped with the ca casuals, which was cool because I remember uh, there were servers at Counter Strike. I never played those like ranked uh, Cal servers, right? Maybe like if friends needed a, a ringer, but I, I didn't play them uh, usually because I was more casual. I would just jump in, shoot some people, and leave. So the the, the competitive hardcore people, you know, always find a way too. It's not like these guys aren't going to have. It's not like this. It's if you if you're like queuing a very like, one percent in like Dota or League. You're not going to get the constant feeder, right? It'll be like one in a hundred games or something. Yeah, it's it's rare. It happens, but yeah. You remember those times. That's why it becomes especially, you know, ingrained in your memory. All right, cool. By the way, we've been in discussion for a while. We should we should change gears a bit. There's a lot of other fun stuff we want to talk about this week. And if we get to any fun, contentious points, uh, obviously anyone is welcome to, uh, to to wait in the podcast talk show lobby. Maybe just stay on Twitch if they want to hop in, if they, have, if they want to chime in with something, and then we can get you in, get you in here as well. Yep. But uh, thanks for sharing your opinion, Gristif. Thank you for voting yep. for Team Altai. Team Altai. <laughs> one last, one last thing before before we change topics. I'm gonna drop a straw poll in here. We'll see oh, how no. everyone else feels about this. I, I yield, I yield that I lost to the the pub, the opinion of the people that joined us. You know, okay. you had it was two one in terms of you know people that came on. And look, I do again. I I don't want to appear like the guy defending the 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 pussies or the thin skinned people. Okay, look. All that insulting, like the PUBG lobby experience. When you play PUBG, everyone is dropping like f bombs and the most crude, vulgar, shittiest, crappiest. Well, like this most is a very unfair. Is this is a very unfair uh, poll, but whatever. The word. All right, is... look, I, I I did have control over the poll. Yes, I did. This I did is, name the poll. This is like some Trump level, you know, like fake news right here. Hashtag fake news. Come on, uh, whatever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. How would you have worded it? I don't let's, know. Let's, let's this, hear your bullshit way. This is very unjust. You would have worded you you love freedom, yes or no, right? That that's how you would have worded well, it. And obviously, was... yes means believers can stay, right? Okay. Is that what you is that what you wanted? So for those of you listening to this uh tomorrow or whatever, uh, Omar's poll says, should leavers slash AFKers be banned in online mobiles and FPSs? Uh I would have I, I thought that was a pretty fair wording. I don't think so. I think it's more like um uh, should you know should we punish people for using in-game mechanics? <laughs> What? That's not. That's ten times more misleading than what I'm talking about. Do you love freedom? Yes, no. Operation MMO Freedom. Altai's full name. Yes, I like it. Chaos. 
right, all right. Let's move on, boys. All right, we should, we should change topics. We've been on this one for a bit, but it, it was a very heated uh, discussion. But again, oddly, it, it, I think I don't think it is remarkable that we don't see this problem anymore. I mean, people are still dicks on like, online games, but like I've I've never been like frustrated at people in MMORPGs because I, another good point I wanted to make actually in Final Fantasy XIV, for example, when you're running uh when you're running Savage Runs or just doing content, right? The more difficult content, typically you, there's a built-in uh, group finder in the game where you can join uh, pickup groups, right? And very often within the first, like you know, very quickly when you start uh, a, a Savage Run when, you, when you're fighting a boss if your group will clear it or not, right? And it's almost like an unwritten rule. It's kind of like everyone kind of expects after like two or three runs and you don't see a clear avenue of defeating the boss, you just all leave, right? It, it, it works fine, but there's no big commitment. There's no, you know, after three runs, two runs, it doesn't look good, you leave. And it works really well, it, well in MMORPGs in that regards. So like, that's like the perfect, it, it was never really a big issue in MMOs. And I, yes, I, you can design I, these I, games around this. But there's I, a time I, I, commitment involved. I love this like mental gymnastics you're doing, where the things I the thing I take seriously, like League, there people shouldn't leave. But in a group finder dungeon, if someone leaves, that's fine. Like that's I love no, this. I no. love this mentality. No, here's the thing. No, here's the thing. If they leave, if somebody intentionally joins a group, and let's say it, again, it's a little different in FF14 because the, the it's only like ten minutes for a boss fight, right? What? Whereas maybe in WoW, you have to go through all of Molten Core and it would take like ten hours, right? And then right, right, the last boss, maybe they just troll and all leave it at once or something. It's different. If, if after a few attempts, like it's almost like every round is an attempt, you can leave. You know, you're allowed to leave at the end of the round. When you when you when you lost the fight, you can leave. That seems pretty fair to me. Okay. I'll, I, all right. If you think that's and there's fair, no ladder points here either. What, what is ladder points? They're just they're just they're, they're internet points. So, of course, they're internet points. Ultimately, the only resource we have is humans. Okay, is time. Ultimately, whether you're a billionaire wow, or, okay, or, or a gamer, all, it's all it's all uh, a translation of time. So don't give me this ladder. Like like my internet points make it so you have to play the game, but but some other game you can leave. Like I I don't, I don't get that mentality. You you either you're either wasting people's time. Which at least I can respect your consistency. If your point is you're wasting other people's time, so you shouldn't do that. But that's not what even what you're saying because you you don't mind people leaving a dungeon in WoW. All right, all right. Let's let's take okay. this let's take this elsewhere. I'm I'm seeing this. this, this, this there's these weird ass ads on MMOs.com, and they trigger me a lot. Okay, let me what, what do you think about this ad? It's an ad for Second Life. All right. Why is it showing me this? It's such a weird ad. One second. I, I unfortunately have my default browser as Opera, guys, but I'm capturing my Chrome screen. So just give me a a momento. Here we go. I, I like I like the I like the what the banner looks like. It looks really weird. Like the Second Life banners I've been seeing on Mos.com lately have been really weird. This, you know, I'm I'm actually surprised Second Life is still advertising. That's that's the number one surprise here. Number two is, this is really creepy. Is this like a? <laughs> it's like a, it looks like a six year old. With a baby, one year old or zero year old, it's so weird. And like for the longest time over the last week, like as I browse the website I, again, I see these Second Life ads, and it's like I've been seeing these weird ads. Like it's like your world, your imagination, and like there's this pregnant girl and this guy like kissing the pregnant girl's like stomach or something. Like who is dreaming of like having fake kids in Second Life? Like well, I get it, you want to bang the, the girl on the internet, which is probably a dude. But I don't get the like the baby part. Like, what? Wh why is that into the equation? Uh, actually, it seems like the uh, not fun part. There's a popular fetish in Second Life. Um, people role play as babies. Like, so you'll have like a baby avatar moving around, and then they'll use voice chat, and it's like a forty year old guy's voice, like, "Hey," <laughs> and it just looks funny because it's a baby walking around. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, all right, interesting, interesting fetish. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I did play Second Life. There's a lot of weird shit in there. But I just keep seeing these really weird ads on Mos.com, so I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up. Well, 
the the algorithm knows what you like. <laughs> I guess so, because he keeps saying, you know, the, these ads are supposed to be pretty targeted towards us, so pretty weird. I'm not seeing these ads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I think we should talk a little bit about uh, Pearl Abyss and Black Desert, because you actually wrote a pretty pretty lengthy article today, which I thought was pretty interesting, about uh, Pearl Abyss and Black Desert and how MO's uh, done right, MO development done right. Sure. So maybe you want to take it away? Sure. So, yeah, I, uh, I was inspired um, to write this piece when uh, I read uh, some Pearl Abyss financial information. Pearl Abyss is a Korean company behind Black Desert, and they're going public. Well, they are public now. They're a publicly traded company. And when you go public or before you go public, you have to reveal information that you could have in the past kept private. And so I read through that, and some really, really interesting stats came out. Um, one, most shocking for me, was the development budget for Black Desert Online. Black Desert Online, guys, costs a million dollars to make. One mil. That is, that is a That's shocker. phenomenal. That, that is amazing. I mean, just look at some of the price tags and, and like the fund kickstarted fundraising we see for MMOs these days. I mean, we're talking tens, if not hundreds of millions. And, and Black Desert is no like 2D indie block collector. You know, this is a this is a full fledged you know, MMORPG, 3D gra- beautiful 3D graphics, like one of the top notch uh, action combat, one open world, no loading screens. You know, Guild Wars battle. Oh, it's, it's it's a full it's a full Monty baby, and it costs a million dollars to make. That's remarkable. We've seen games. We've seen like the just the Kickstarter games alone. I mean, you look at stuff like uh, Ash of Creation, where they raised a couple million dollars, I think. And the Mr. Shuri said it's going to cost about thirty million dollars to make a, a viable build of the game, whereas uh, you know even uh, Star Citizen they raised over a hundred million dollars, one hundred forty million dollars now. So, and they're they're still not done with their game. And you can build the engine. And we should clarify. They say the engine of Black Desert, mm-hmm. I believe, for a cost of one million dollars, which again is still astounding. Uh, just to give you some context on the size of Pearl Abyss, they did about $300 million in revenue as well, according to the article. And they did, they're worth about $160, 150000000 million or so as a, as a company. So it's still a pretty small company in relation to like Nexon and NCSoft, the big Korean juggernauts. But I, I think it's just remarkable they were able to build the, the Black Desert engine, which the game is beautiful, right? And it looks beautiful as well. There's a lot of little details which just shine really well. And it, it works because it is a custom engine. I think, you know, we've seen a lot of games being built on Unity and Unreal. And basically, all the indie game indie companies are basically using off-the-shelf engines. And I don't know. I feel like if you want to do something really like smooth, like to get that buttery smooth feeling, I feel like you do need a custom engine. Because I think when we played um when we played Fantasy Star Online two, even like do you remember like that game ran really fucking smoothly? Yeah. And I think one of the reasons for that is Sega made their own engine for it. And when games do that, it, it does show sometimes. You know, the game is more serious. It's not just slapped together on, on Unity. Or, or you know. Well, here's here's what it shows. Here's what it shows to me, and it's another important stat that I read. So, uh, the CEO said eighty-seven percent of the staff at Pearl Abyss are developers. Mm-hmm. So the, that is amazing to me because so often when we when I read these uh, Kickstarter MMOs, like mm-hmm. they say, "Oh, okay, we're gonna hire a developer later." Like th- th- we got the des- we got the art team, the creative director, the you know the lead, the, the production lead. This, they have all these other employees. And then, and then, like hiring the actual developer is like is like later, like like step two, you know. Whereas a Pearl Abyss, step one, step two and three and four and five is all you know developers, developers, developers. Well, that's a good point, though. I think you know, there's a lot of if you have you, you need developers as well. And, and the point you being a secondary objective too. I remember after after Ashley Creation raised a lot of money. They released it was Ashley Creation or Chronicles of Lyria, right? After their Kickstarter campaign, they announced they hired like a, a lead programmer. 
how do you hire a lead programmer after you've already raised millions of dollars promising this amazing game? Like, do you not have a lead programmer working for you? Like, what was everything else you showed us? Like, clearly there was no plan to get this game together because, like, you didn't have a goddamn lead programmer. So it's, it, it was, it's insane that that happened. Like, nobody seemed to give a shit. Like, it was, like, a normal thing. But you had the, you had the chief visionary, the marketing people, the character designers, all these designers. But ultimately, you, you got to create something, some, some minimum viable product. And, and having a shit ton, having the developers on board, and, and you can multitask a little bit too, obviously. You know, get the, the developers can design stuff as well, especially when you're running on a, on, a, on a shoestring budget. You know, you don't need to have all these different creative departments. Just, just get something done, get a game out there. And I guess they did it on a remarkably low cost budget of a, of a million bucks, which obviously doesn't seem like, you know, a low cost budget and, to us. And people, people, you got, people in chat are having a hard time believing the numbers, but I did mention other games that had a low budget in, in the history of MMOs. I know it's been a while, guys, but even if you adjust for inflation and all that, uh, let me find some numbers for you boys here. Mm -hmm. So we got, we got so EverQuest, EverQuest 1, which came out, I believe, in 1999 or 2000, 2000, I believe. Uh, yeah, around, I think 99 actually. Okay, it cost 2.5 million to make. Okay, that's actually pretty. That's mind blowing. The EverQuest, like million. the first million, big bad. immersive 3D and MMORPG experience, uh, only cost like three million dollars to make. And obviously, you can adjust that for inflation again, but it's not going to be that much higher. It's you like four double. or five. Yeah, double tops. You know, at most double. Yeah. Uh, Dark Age of Camelot, which came out in 2001, uh, it cost 2.5 million it, it, with 20 with 25 people in 18 months. So this, That's remarkable this too. bullshit that like, oh, guys, an MMORPG needs eight years to make, you know, Star Citizen's happening. Bullshit, okay? If if you had a team of developers who knew what they're doing, you can make a game in one or two years. Like, I, PUBG was made in a year, you know, probably less than a year of development time. Actually, I think I think what kind of people kind of lose out on as well, if, you know, the biggest expense for these games is is obviously the talent to make the developers and the, the workers, right? If you look at that, that statistic for Dark Age of Camelot being released in 2001 with a team of 25 developers, Cost them 18 months and 2.5 million dollars back in 2001. So we can kind of calculate today how much it would cost 25 developers. Like, what is their time worth? 25 developers. Let's assume 100k each, right? If you're if you're a decent if you're a decent developer, you make about 100k. You can make a lot more if you work at Facebook and you're a god tier developer. But let's say 100 thousand dollars a year, which I think is probably below average for for I guess computer programmer or developer. Really? Maybe in it's Silicon Valley. States. I don't know about the US. It's Silicon Valley. It's below average for sure. Yeah, but no. what, uh, whatever, whatever. Nationwide, I think, I don't think the average is 100K for, for developer. But yeah, we, we, can, we, can, we can look that up later. But at 25 people at $100,000 a year, that's that's $2.5 million a year today. You know, back then the salaries were lower and you obviously adjust for inflation backwards. But, you know, it is conceivable to hire a team of 25 people, pay them $100,000 a year each, and they could, they could create something in a year or two years maybe. So it, it's still weird to see that, you know, games can get so out of hand in, in development costs. You know, you have so many artists, so many, the marketing, they spend lots of money marketing as well, obviously. But the development costs themselves get crazy out of hand. Elder Scrolls Online, I think you said cost, you know, about 200, that and Star Wars Old Republic cost like nearly $200 million to develop. That is yeah. insane. They can make, that, that costs more than World of Warcraft, Dark Into Camelot, EverQuest 1, combined times like five. Just one of those games. And arguably, they're all well clones anyway. I mean, at least those guys came out. Uh, I also listened to this article. Yeah. Games like Warhammer Online, Tabula Rasa, which came out but lasted a very short time before they got shut down. And these games also mm -hmm. had cost $100 million. Uh, two other examples are Project Titan by Blizzard. Mm -hmm. And the, and there was a Halo MMO. And both of these projects you know, ate at least $100 million bucks each and then sank. So these are yeah. it's a lot of money that went down the MMORPG drain. And I think it's why we're seeing... A lot of Western studios that are reluctant to make games uh, in this genre today. 
But like I said, guys, uh, Black Desert Online, for all its faults, you know, people are mentioning, you know, some pay-to-win problems, etc. It, it, there are a lot of gameplay faults, but what I'm talking about in this article is is like the technical business management side of it. And Pearl Abyss is a, is a beautiful example of this. Uh, they also list the fact that they have a full in-house uh, sound studio in their office, so they can make their own sound. Mm -hmm. They have their own motion capture uh, studio in the office, so they can do that themselves. Whereas, um, what's I, in Star Citizen, you guys remember that like cutscene where they hire the guy from Star Wars to like voice one of the characters? Why? That's I such mean, a waste of money. I mean, that probably cost. Me, I bet. I bet that like one cinematic where I think it was Mark Hamill or something. The, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Mar, yeah. Star Citizen paid Mark Hamill to do the voice of, of a character, right? I bet that like that that alone cost more than the whole Black Desert Online project. You know, from start to finish. <laughs> Bit of an exaggeration, because obviously really? I, I, I don't. I, I don't think voice actors get paid a million dollars to drop like maybe. to do a video for like two minutes. I mean, if they do if they're in Star Wars. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like maybe like if Morgan Freeman was voicing like a character <laughs> in a Disney Pixar movie. Yeah, he's getting paid many, many millions for that, right? But like Mark Hamill, like what what has he done for us recently? I don't know. Is he, he still in, like he's the last recent Jedi. movies? He's the last Jedi, bro. He turned around. Yeah, but beyond that, has he done like anything else? Like I I I don't know much uh, about actors, but uh, I feel like I haven't seen him since like the OG Star Wars movies. But obviously, yes, the, the production of that cinematic as well. You know that whole process. Obviously, I think it costs a lot of money. It, it could conceivably have cost like a couple hundred thousand dollars, perhaps a lot more actually. But not just paying him. I think the whole production yeah, yeah, of that yeah. cinematic could have cost quite a bit. But they hired a whole like AAA yeah. staff for like voice lines and actors and stuff to do their Squadron 40, 42, 40, whatever Squadron Rod forty five. What, what's it called? Forty two, forty one. Squadron Forty Two. All right, it's one of those. So, uh, let's see. Let's go through some more numbers. So, I think Black Desert Online, guys, for all the faults, is still a great game. Uh, it's it's going to come out in China this year, hopefully. They have two hundred thousand pre-orders, which is kind of surprising for China, guys. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. usually Chinese people either pirate everything or everything is free to play. Yeah, but they are going to stick with their pre-purchase uh model there, which which I. It is serving them well, actually. You know, they they they're getting a few bucks up front, uh, and obviously you have to pay a lot more when you get to end game because you need those pets and such. Five dollars your entry fee, but yeah, you do end up spending a lot more if you take the game seriously, for sure. Uh, I mean, is MPO just a mindless grinder? I mean, there because because there is no late game PVE. The late game is uh, is PVP. In order to prepare for PVP, there is a lot of grind for sure. But I mean, every every MMO in some ways is is its own grind for sure. And guys, don't forget, it's it's a sandbox style game. So the, the the main objective is not to fight the monsters endlessly. It's to make a guilt. But you do. What are and, you doing ninety nine percent of the time? Okay. You're fighting monsters endlessly. Well, you do that in every game. You fight monsters. Yeah, but but at least in other games, they, they do kind of like throw the PVE curveball at you with like with like dungeons and stuff. But there's, 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 you do have more there's caves. In, there's caves to PvP. explore in this. There's caves. We got caves. You know. I I okay. It's a separate archery, but I don't think. Um, Endgame equals instance raids. Like, I agree. It doesn't have to. It shouldn't yeah. be just that, though. Yeah. I think I think you're right. It, there is, I think, too much emphasis pointed on that. I think, if anything, I think BDO success also kind of shows us that you don't necessarily need that either. Ideally, you can have a game like Black Desert along with the really endgame cool rating of other like MMORPGs, which WoW or FF14. I mean, have both, I think. That would be, I, think I think that's the ideal solution. You know, you, you can get the PvP players interested in that. Get the PvP players interested I'm, in this, and maybe have some like late game crafting as well or I'm, something. I'm okay with late game PVE, but I think ideally I wouldn't have instance dungeons or anything. It'd be it'd be open world EverQuest style. Like you would, you could still have world bosses and, and dungeons, but it would have to be open. 
So like no no instance nonsense. I mean, ideally, ideally, uh, I'm a big fan of open world as well. I like Chaos Shields comment quite a bit. Caves, PV, endgame secure. That's all you need, guys. Put a cave in there. <laughs> Doesn't the, you know Conan Exiles has late game endgame PvP? It's got caves. But then again, in Conan Exiles Defense is a survival game. It has the it does have like kind of like boss enemies. So there's some endgame PvP there as well. Oh boy. Oh boy. Speaking of uh of games that have to be bought, I don't know how I'm gonna relate this. Battleborn. There's uh there is Battleborn oh. is unfortunately is is pretty much done though. I feel like I feel like we've kind of seen this coming for a long time. And we did make a bet on when we thought the game was shut down. Maybe I mean should we count this as a shutdown date? Because they won't be doing any more updates for Battleborn starting you know, after the next update, which is set to launch this fall. So okay. the next update for Battleborn, if you're listening, is the last update. And it's it should really come as no surprise at this point. Nobody plays Battleborn. And by nobody, I mean there's extended players online, which is, again, almost nobody for a game that was it, up until recently. Isn't that, more, isn't that more than Lawbreakers? <laughs> yeah, actually, I, th I think it is, actually. <laughs> which is actually another game that... Look, I, I do feel like there's this, like... I know when, when Lawbreakers was first on the scene, right? And the moment I played the alpha, I said I didn't like it. And even at, before the game came out, too, I'm like, this game is going to fucking flop. And I was talking about the podcast as well. And I feel like it's so it's doing so poorly. But like I feel like not enough people called it out. When, when, I feel like deep down, we all know right away if a game is going to suck dick. But I feel like we, we don't always say it because we feel like, oh, you know, they can fix it. No, they can't fix it. The game is fucking shit, all right? I, I played Lawbreakers the moment it came out, and just I, I just didn't have any fun at all. And I like arena shooters. I like what they were trying to do. The concept was cool, but the game just wasn't fun. It's that simple. You got at a certain point, you just got you got you got you, you got to re, you got to reboot. All right. I don't know. I feel like anybody. Okay. Here's what I think. Here's what I Go think. Ahead. And I think you didn't agree with this. Uh, when I played Battleborn and Lawbreakers, right? The first thing I thought was, "This is this is Overwatch, but worse." Like the, you can't, you can't. They were basically just Overwatch clones. Like you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't make it that similar and then say, "Whoa, we have this one ex we have one, one different thing, so it's not it's not competing." It was obviously it was obviously competing with Overwatch, both games. Yeah, I I, I would say Lawbreakers for sure at least because even though they, they call themselves more of a you know more of a traditional old school like Quake style experience, no, you have the fucking heroes, you have multiple heroes. They have like two abilities each. Yeah, it, it's it's Overwatch to a degree. I can see that. A little bit different with with uh, Battleborn because it, it did play like a MOBA. There was some. Uh, it was same, same same game same game. <laughs> Same game. The colorful, cartoony. They got heroes. Clearly, same game, right? Same game. I've, I actually have a funny quote for you by the Mister uh, Mister Battleborn. Mister Battleborn. All right, here we go. I think I wrote it down. Okay, so the battle, the 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 boss, and uh, I think it's called Gearbox or something. The guys who made Battleborn. He said that uh, Overwatch had no bearing. Okay, on on the game's uh, fortunes. Do Do you believe that? No. Not not one iota. I feel like it, he's just kind of being delusional when he says that. He said zero impact. That was his words. Zero impact on Battleborn. I mean, maybe like on, in terms of design decisions. Yeah, I believe him on that front. But I don't. I think it impacted the the game as well. The success of the game when you have a alternative. Which again, there's still different style games. But when you look at Battleborn, you see a trailer for Battleborn. You see like it, it's a shooter. You know, you you aim and you shoot with mobile mechanics. You know, it's a mobile shooter. With with colorful cartoony characters, so yes, they they kind of overlapped as well. So obviously, it took away a lot of those players. Okay, here's 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 what he was trying to say with that. He's saying no, Battleborn actually did really well. He's his his he actually he this guy actually thought Battleborn did well, 
He said, who is uh, this guy? The guy who made the producer or something? Uh, he is Gearbox boss Randy Pitchford. Okay. So he said, if it wasn't for Overwatch, everyone would consider Battleborn a success because it sold like X number of copies, right? And like for a new franchise, that's good. So Overwatch has sold so many more that it overshadowed it. But if, if, if what he says is true, then why did they go to maintenance mode like a week after this? That's pretty. The timing of that's pretty hilarious. So you're saying he said that like recently, like within the last few weeks. That yep. he's saying that Battleborn was a, is a success. Is a success. Yes. Right. right? And then literally weeks after, the okay. game goes on maintenance mode where they will get no more updates ever. Let me let me let me read the quote for you. Quote: If Overwatch did not exist and it had the exact same results, people would say Battleborn was a winner. It's a new IP and it's successful. It would have been seen in a totally different light, even if it hadn't sold a unit more. It's an, he's delusional. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You got to cut your losses at one point. You got to admit that, look, you tried, it didn't work, you move on. You're a business, right? You, you have losses. You have, I mean, the game, uh, who, who knows if it made money or not, but I, I don't, the game has got 45 players on right now. And it's it's been out for like, what, like a year and a half, maybe less than that. Yeah. And most of that time was with nobody playing. And Within like the first like few months of release, the player base died. Within four days of saying this, they put the game on maintenance mode. If he believes what he's saying, he's insane. He's just like mentally not there. Like I don't know what else to say. Uh, somebody, uh, Life Spoon said, "This is fine." It reminds me of that, that that comic where he said, "Everything." There's that dog in the burn, burning house, and said, "This is fine. Everything is fine as it's burning down." I I really don't get why he would say this. It makes him look so dumb because four days. He, and, yeah. and even if he's like a PR guy for the company, I mean, don't they want to get their ducks in order? Like, how would how could they make him say this and then and then basically put the game in maintenance mode four days later? Like, it makes him look retarded forever. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, rest of pepperoni, uh, Battleborn. Uh, no yeah. surprise there again. Uh, these are these are both games, Battleborn and Battleborn is a game we we've been predicting shutdown for a long time. I think Wildstar is the one that's kind of eluded us, and they've been launching updates left and right still. So the game that that one is still going strong actually. Yeah. Not strong, but it's going. It's going. It's the energi- I think the Energizer Bunny. What do you think about Lawbreakers now too? Because like I feel like Nexon is kind of doubling down on Lawbreakers. They 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 released this like. Q4 2017 roadmap. They want to add like a ranked league. They want to add, they talked about a few new maps they want to add. They, they're, they're really talking about all the features they want to add to the game, what they want to do. What do you think? Does Lawbreakers have a chance or is it going to go free to play or, is it, or is, well, does it matter? It's still going to die. Well, I do. Well, it's gonna, it has a chance because it's going to go free to play. So not like mm-hmm. or. Uh, I think uh, Nexon realizes that they have to go free to play and now they're just kind of figuring out when and how and what, what features to add with that update. Maybe they maybe they want to have a more complete experience before they go free to play because yeah. it does seem kind of odd that the the boss league, which is their ranked mode, isn't out at the beginning. I feel like ranked, especially when you're building your game as this competitive arena shooter, like this hardcore experience. I, I don't think it'd be a hardcore experience without having that 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 ranked system built in already. But I think they're going to add all that stuff and then go free to play. And anyone who bought the game will have like access to all the heroes or something, right? And then they'll they'll find maybe they give everybody like a new badge, a new skin, something to kind of give them something. But it has to go free to play. The player base is there's a there's a hundred or so players online at peak hours for a newly launched game. It's a disaster. It's it's yeah. no, with so few players, you just you it really unfortunately feeds on itself as well. Because when you have a small player base in any like you know queue based game where it's a shooter or mobile or anything, you know people are queuing up to play and there's nobody in their skill range. They start playing as people that are really good because who's playing who's playing lawbreakers right now? The hardcore fans. And they're really good at the game. So if you bought the game just today and you want to play, you're playing against really good players because they're the only ones still playing it. All the other casuals left. So it's a it's a disaster. It's it's going to be rough. Uh, I want to quickly go back to Battleborn. Uh, mm-hmm. Chat just mentioned that uh, why are we ignoring the three to four million copies sold? And that's true. It, it did sell a lot of copies. 
But I think the fact that they maintenance mode so quickly, it shows that like the retention and, and player uh, interest was exceedingly low. Like it just, this dropped off so quickly. Like, so I think, mm -hmm. I think uh, they did get a lot of money up front. They might've even recouped their investment money uh, because they sold so many boxes initially, but everyone dropped off. Like nobody stuck with this game. I'm trying to find estimates on that there. It says, but I mean, we don't know the development costs either. If it's, I mean, how they measure success. I mean, if they sell three, four million units, it's definitely not bad. Yeah, it's a lot I of mean, copies. Yeah, I wish we can look up like if they were publicly traded, we can see like maybe their expenses or something. But you know, right now we have no idea what it costs to make the game, and so we really can't gauge if it's a financial success or not. But I mean, to say that the game is a success, and and to shut it down weeks later. Just seems delusional. That's the thing. You you have to you have to go out of your way and say the game's a success, right? And then shut it down like within like a week. Just don't say anything at that point, you know? That that's part that I, I don't understand. All right. Well, uh, I want to give you an opportunity for you to gush about your recent favorite game. Now, uh, as you know, oh. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds reached a very interesting landmark uh, this week. Uh, I can I'll let you. Do the honors. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that as well. Actually, I would say my recent favorite game is actually Final Fantasy XIV. I've been playing that quite a bit more than PUBG. I played a lot of PUBG when the game first launched and probably for the first, like, three, four weeks afterwards. Nowadays, I play PUBG, like, once in a while, whereas I try to play Final Fantasy XIV every night, and I try to get a little bit of, uh, you know, progress made in fourteen. I've been loving Final Fantasy XIV. That, that, that's my recent favorite game. But with, uh, with PUBG, the game made a pretty remarkable milestone this last week. It is now the most played steam game of all time uh previously it was regularly beating dota and csgo but it didn't have the all-time peak numbers because dota was sitting at about 1.29 million concurrent users and it hit that number a couple years ago i think and for the first time ever in the last week PUBG set a new steam record for the most concurrent users and that was at it's it probably still going up every single day actually so that number was at one point over 1.3 million it's at 1.348 million peak concurrent players I think it was also the 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 first game to have like five six days of consecutive, you know, players over a million as well. So it's it's shattering new records still. I think the game is a lot of fun. They're adding a ton of new content and new maps and stuff. And it's so weird that you know nobody released this massive. It's so weird to see Battle Royale as a genre take off when it did. I feel like we all kind of experienced this meteoric rise in the last like six seven months of just how popular this genre became. It's I feel like somebody should, with all the Counter-Strike clones, the WoW clones, how much, you know, knockoffs we've seen in gaming. Like, why didn't somebody just copy the Battle Royale mod, you know? I mean, well, for, you know, H, for, you know. I, I would argue that. Why did we else do this? I would argue that it's because it happened so fast. Uh, I think you're, I think a lot of people, at least me, I was overestimating how long this genre was around. And until I read this tweet by Mr. Player Unknowns. So four years ago today, and this was September 17th. So four years ago from, from recently, I set mm -hmm. up this Twitter account to promote my first mod, Daisy Battle Royale. Thank you for continuing to support. So this is a very new genre, and this guy, Mr. Player Unknown, has basically created it and wrote it. Like he's, he is the almost exclusive architect of this because he's he's the guy who designed H1Z1 King of the Kill, the original armor mod, and now, uh, and now this. So this this guy is really rocking this. He is he is this genre. Okay. Uh what I'm concerned, I mean, yeah, he is the genre and it took off, but I'm surprised nobody else did this as a, as a concept, right? Mm -hmm. This Battle Royale concept, because, you know, Battle Royale, the movie, the, the Japanese movie with the kids on the island, like that as a concept existed for such a long time. And 
from like a really high up perspective, it just seems like a pretty fun concept, right? I mean, it didn't like even even Last Man Standing that that Sergei Titov like bullshit free to play version of like free no battle royale, which is it's really really shitty in its own way. Like, it, it gets thousands of players. Like it's weird that what surprised me was that nobody else did it before PUBG. With like FPS games are big, you know. Massive games tend to be pretty fun. Like these are these are not new ideas, right? And somebody just missed the guy, uh, Brendan Green, took these two concepts and put like a hundred people on an island and began to kill each other. Like this, it just when I th when I thought like a new kind of game would get popular, I didn't think it would just be some another just another variant of FPS. You know, this is a it, it, it surprised me why how this this happened. Well, uh, it just doesn't seem like it was such a you know it didn't seem like such a hidden idea, like something that nobody could have thought of. That's look. Good ideas always seem like that in hindsight, okay? So, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I have a fun example for you guys. You know mm -hmm. that we put, I think, I'm not sure about the exact, I won't, I won't, I won't say because I'm not sure about the exact dates, but when they initially made luggage, like uh, airplane luggage, mm -hmm. right? It didn't have wheels. So people used to carry those more. suitcases, the mm -hmm. heavy ones, the big ones that you currently check. So then somebody thought of putting wheels on them. And that was such a, now it's, it's such an obvious idea, right? But for years and years and years, people would lug those things around, you know, with, by lifting them, so the, the 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 good ideas seem obvious after the fact. So this is just one of them. But Omar, you're in luck. I know you you missed out. A lot of them didn't get made, but now everyone is jumping on the bandwagon. And I think the the battleground style game is going to be the new MOBA and the new hero shooter. Okay, you know people failed with Battleborn, they failed with Lawbreakers, but now they're going to try again with uh, their own version of Battle Royale. Yeah, I think Battle Royale could easily be the next MOBA, and it's it's gonna. I think I think PUBG is gonna be big, and it's keeping it bigger and bigger. We're talking. I don't know. I don't think it's past league levels, but it's already again it passed Dota two and players, which is huge. Mm -hmm. So I think it's gonna be the next biggest thing after league. Though I think it has potential to maybe pass league, but if it does, it would still take like five, six, seven, eight years of continual development. But it's it's truly remarkable how how big it became. It's it's nuts. Uh, and yeah, people mentioned it, but uh. Fortnite has their own Battle Royale version now. They kind of slapped it on mm -hmm. there. And uh, even GTA Online, uh, GTA 5 Online, slapped together some kind of survival Battle Royale car mode. So there is a big bandwagon uh, trend building for this one. Yeah, uh, we can, I mean, maybe we can... We, uh, let's, 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 get, let's get Privateer Cashel in here. I think he wants to say something about, about Battle Royale. All right, let's see. Uh, what's up, Cass? What's up? Any any thoughts on on battle royale and why how it became so big? Not necessarily how it became, why did it take uh, Brandon Green to do this? It seems like as a concept, battle royale seemed like such an obvious idea in hindsight. Well, I think I think Erhon hit it right in the head. It's just something that was a mod like everything else, and it mm -hmm. was just something that one guy decided, hey, this kind of works and it's cool, and it was just a good idea that no one else had at the time. But it's not uh, that nobody had the idea. The movie was out for how how many how many years? Battle Royale. Oh yeah, but but like translating that to a game, like how many other movies do you think would be a good game? Okay, but remember, if you if you if you've seen Battle Royale, you 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 know you can kind of look at that and be like, okay, we have FPS games already. You know, it, it seems kind of intuitive. Like you, no. I don't mean, turn like. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at Dead by Daylight for example. Like how many horror slasher games are there where like you play the slasher? Right, True. slasher movies have been around for how long? But how many games are there like that? That's that's a good point. Till yeah. like till Dead by Daylight came out like a year or two ago or whatever, right? 
That's pretty remarkable too. And now, the, and then now you've got like Friday the Thirteenth and other games coming soon. I think capitalizing on it, like it's just another, it's just a good idea that no one did until recently, right? right I think the takeaway here is that we have to find inspiration from video games in old movies, yes. right? We define ideas that have been unused in old movies and translate it into video games. We we got again Dead by Daylight, massive success. PUBG, massive success. Had to had to bust out the treasure trove of old uh, old VHS and find some find some goodies. Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. Uh, the game. I mean, they already have Titanic games. Oh, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, from from an actual gameplay perspective mm. and and stuff, it's easy to see why PlayerUnknown's Battleground has like has success. Like it's Daisy, Daisy, like was the founding basis for mm-hmm. the the Battlegrounds. Like people found like they liked having this big area to go into. And then it slowly it's tighter and tighter. It keeps the action up, but it keeps the uh, it keeps the it keeps the looting element, the randomness, the like mm-hmm. the like tensity and and feeling of luck that always happened in Daisy, right? Mm-hmm. You you never know what you're gonna find. But the thing is, is Daisy drags on for hours. You're talking about a game where people will camp, watching a door of a barracks for three hours because they want to get the shot on someone that's going to go in that door to loot it. Right, that's it something. It's it's massive amounts of dedication, but it's also something that a lot of people don't like. Yeah. So it fair, it, fair. It, got, it, it, experience quite it, a bit. it carved and, out the nugget of that of that. Yeah, know. it carved it carved out the juicy nugget. Mm. And, and but the thing is, is like, Arma is very iffy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's just not a good basis to play a shooter on it's a military simulator and there's a lot of stuff that's simulated mm-hmm. and it's just it doesn't work it just it's just like things happen that don't shouldn't happen in the game it just removes a lot of the fun from it so like as you're playing the armor mod it's like man this thing that happened felt totally bullshit right <laughs> and then h1z1 comes around and it's like okay well let's put it in this but h1z1 is just it's kind. Of, it took it took away the hardcore element that carried over from Daisy, which was a very hardcore game. Mm-hmm. It it kind of took that out and just made it like, okay, we we're gonna parachute Arcade. in a million a million miles an hour. We're gonna run around and we're gonna third person around shooting things and fly out of a car that's moving at a million miles an hour and shotgun someone and one shot kill them and then mm-hmm. get back in our car and drive around in circles again. And that's that was. I mean, it was fun for some people, but that hardcore element was gone. And PUBG kind of brought it back. And it keeps that hardcore appeal, but it also has the pacing that DayZ lacked. And why a lot of people left DayZ. Because at the time, that hardcore element was incredibly appealing. Like that thrill, that rush you get. Which you can get in PUBG when you're like down to the last man. Yep. Always that that rush is the the original rush that people got in Daisy, but without the hour long waits, hours and hours of waiting for that rush to happen. I, I like to draw a parallel between what happened with uh, you know Battlegrounds and Daisy style games, and between MMORPG combat and like MOBAs. So like the nugget of like this kind of combat where you control a single character with multiple abilities in this fantasy setting. That like I feel like that the, the desire for that came from like WoW PvP and stuff, right? But then like Dota mm-hmm. and, and League kind of just stole that part of it and made their own genre out of it. And I feel like the same thing happened here with with these battleground games. They they kind of just stole the the fun part, the quick part 
of these uh Daisy and where it took a lot longer. It was a much more streamlined experience. True. Mm -hmm. They perfected that formula. And I mean that's why, you know, one of the reasons I think, you know, MMOs are have been a bit of a decline here in the West is might be because of the rise of MOBAs for that reason. Indeed. Anyway, do you want to take us to uh, Lost Ark before we before we call it over here? Because I feel like we can always end with Lost Ark. Uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts on PUBG, Chaos. Later. Peace. All right. All right. We, got? Go we, got, we got Lost Ark showing off a new 8-minute. What is with 8-minute trailers and Lost Ark? I feel like they're always like... They, their, their first reveal was like a 20-minute trailer, and now they released an 8-minute trailer showing off the game. And it's just obviously... It's a build, it's a build some hype. They had it, their, their close minute began on the 15th of September. So I think it's already been running. I'm not sure when it ends. I I don't have a closed beta account for the game, unfortunately, so I can't play it. But I think there's been a lot more gameplay videos out there. I kind of wish I was able to do one, but alas, I have to wait like a peasant until uh until I can get the public beta here. But yeah, Lost Ark did their closed beta this last week, and they released an eight minute hype trailer. Maybe you can show something off in the background. Yep. Uh, beyond that, there's really not too much you know happening. All we know is they did the closed beta. This is this is probably the most hyped. MMORPG from the West, right? Yes, now. like hundred yeah. percent. Everyone is in love with this game. Play it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we, it's it's nuts. Do you think like when I first saw that first trailer that we showed off on the on the podcast, I, it was over a year ago now, wasn't it? It felt like forever. Way, it's been a long time. It's been it's been forever. Do you, okay, so do you think it's gonna lose some steam if it comes out? Like, let's say it's not coming out until next year, obviously. At least at the earliest, yes, right? Twenty eighteen. You have to go for twenty eighteen. I don't know. I just, yes, hundred percent. It's, it's we'll too long. It's too long. It has to. It's yeah. been too long. But I mean, it shows you that the the, the craving is there still, mm -hmm. and I think MMORPG is still a, a magical genre where we're still kind of always searching for that next high that we got from our first MMORPG. And I think for that reason, you know, everyone's gonna give it a try. You know, everyone, like, even like the most shitty games, like that launch on Steam, the shitty something really old shitty MMOs, people just like everyone wants to try it because they they're hoping to get that high. And maybe maybe Lost Ark will give them that high, but we'll have to wait and see. But I'm gonna try it. I want to try. I'm looking forward to trying it. I think I think Moo Legend, if they beat them, which which they will probably, even with the delay. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. Think, I coming, think, yeah. I think it's gonna steal some thunder, a lot of thunder. Moo Legend's coming out this year, like in like in a couple of months, November, I think. Well, they said November, but the last time they said you know September. So yeah, they pushed it back three months. So who knows? If we actually get it before the end of the year, I'll be surprised. I think it's gonna be like January. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, I'm still hyped for this one. You know what I was hyped about for this? And I hope they show some gameplay. I'm going to skip around. I was hyped for a lot of the not standard action RPG stuff. Like the, the, the first, boats. The boats, exactly. So Yes. The, oh, okay. So they do, they do have the boats in this trailer. Yeah, this mm -hmm. to me, this looks really cool. So you're sailing yes. around this world. You, you dock in different places. And then once you dock, you get off the boat. This looks really cool to me. This makes, me, this makes it different, okay? Because... Games like Diablo, you don't really, you never really get a sense of the world, okay? Like you can see the map, the two D map, like with, when you click M or whatever, but you don't have a sense of, I don't know, like the size of the world. You don't have a, oh, your, your place in the world. But when I see this, uh, it gives a lot more context to it. And we haven't seen like very few MMOs have like boats in them. Period. Like Black Desert has them. Mm -hmm. There's that, what was that really old like anime game on Steam? It's got boat gameplay and land gameplay. Florencia has it as well. Florencia. Very few more give you that scale. Yeah. So it's it's mega awesome that we're going to have it here in, in Lost Ark. And it just shows at least the game will be somewhat different at least. Mm -hmm. But we have to wait quite a bit, unfortunately. Look at these beautiful dolphins circling the ship. Oof. I know. So majestic, right? So majestic.
And uh, this has this, this this combat too. The boat combat too. It's not just uh, for transport. Mm -hmm. So looking good. But yeah, unfortunately, it took me a while. It's one of those cases. Oh, this is cute. They're like in a giant's. Uh, they're like a giant bookshelf area. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. But it's one of those cases yeah. where how long can you keep this hype going? Like, I was so much more hyped for this game when I saw that original trailer. Trailer, and it's it's just falling off from here. Uh, Lost Ark is still one of the highest rated games on MMOs.com, despite not even being out yet. Uh, yes. player, people can leave uh, review like five star ratings on the games on MMOs.com for our previews as well. And everyone's giving. I think it's the only game on that list that's uh, that's not really out yet. So it's pretty funny that people are everyone is leaving it really really great ratings. Oh, look at this beautiful scene, guys! We got an arena. But yeah, I, I do like the fact that they're going full MMORPG style with this and not just the standard action RPG, like narrow focus on just, you know, kill monsters, right-click monsters, and that's it. Oh, I agree, definitely. All right. All right. Anything else? Uh, No, that that's about it. We're in Turkey, guys, for a few more weeks, and then we'll see what happens after that. But yep. hope, yep. yeah, the stream didn't have much problems this time, so I hope you guys... Had a good time listening and chiming in. And uh, if you do want to chime in, do watch us live. Twitch.tv slash MMOs, D-O-T-C-O-M, 4 p.m. Western time. PSD time. Western PSD. time, all the same. But yeah, we'll see you guys, rest of you guys in the, in the after show for a bit. Thanks for watching, guys. Take it easy.